This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery in all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. All right, you guys, I am on a little pit stop in LA, about to go to Vegas for the MMA awards. And I am in my best friend's apartment, which is on a very noisy street and very noisy apartment building. Um, I hope, I hope none of that comes through in the recording. Thank you for your patience. Uh, I'm sure as it's mastered by my amazing producer, a lot of those noises will come out, but I just wanted to let you know, just in case. All right. Two huge celebrations. My website, jade-bryce.com is live. I poured my heart and soul into this, y'all, and I would love to hear your feedback. You can also sign up for my newsletter, Pleasure Ponderings. You can sign up for my my masterclass, Healing the Father Wound, which is January 25th. You can sign up for my women's program, which is a three-month program to reclaim your sacred sexuality. And oh my gosh, there's just... That program is my baby. And that starts on February 22nd. Uh, You can also just find out more about me if you're interested. You can find out other ways you can work with me. There's a lot of like free resources on there. So that is jade-bryce.com. And then I also want to give love to my teacher, Layla Martin. I, the celebration is that I am wrapping up her program. The little graduation ceremony is on my birthday next week. And I'm so, uh, man, this, this year, I can't say enough of, of how powerful her course was for me, her 12 month program. I interviewed her all about it and all about Tantra and what that means for love, sex and relationships, what that means for reclaiming the sacredness in life. And that episode aired last week. It is by far one of my favorite episodes. So please go check it out. And if you're interested in the program, uh, in the show notes for this episode and for hers, there will be a link. I do get a nice size cut from that. And it's so, so, so helpful for me. And I'm so thankful that she is being generous in that way, but I would only promote it if it was transformational for myself which it was. I am a completely different person than who I was when I signed up for that program. I I mean, even if I wasn't doing it for the certification alone, I mean, sorry, even if I wasn't doing it for the certification, the program itself and the amount of uh, just quantum leaps that I experienced in my um, trauma healing and my, and my wisdom around Tantra and my wisdom around love, sex and relationships and intimacy for that alone, it was well worth all the time and all the money that I invested into her program. So uh, hit me up if you have more questions, if you want to talk about it and click that link in the show notes, if you want to just research it yourself. And now on to today's amazing guest. I loved the talk that I got to have with this guy on my previous podcast about two years ago. It just, 
I mean, it's, it's something that I'll always remember because he is such a unique, such an incredible man. Just knowing that a man like this exists and the way that he exists for the feminine, the way he shows up for the feminine and his perspectives on the beauty of the feminine is so healing for me. I literally salivate and get weak knees when I read his posts. And those are the very posts that we're going to discuss today on the show. He helps men and women experience deep intimacy by embodying masculine and feminine dynamics, inviting us to experience the most intimate life, connection, and sex possible. He's an Amazon charts bestselling author, teacher of deep intimacy, coach, and podcast host. He helps men understand the nature of the female better while helping women find the courage to be highly radiant and sensual, even in today's world. His approach to intimate relationships and sex is radical and life-altering. So please open your hearts and minds and help me welcome Laureen Crin to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. Hi. I'm really grateful to be here. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I was just saying in the uh, intro before you got on that, yeah, it's been like two years since since mm. I last spoke with you, but that interview, I mean, I probably interviewed 200 people on the previous podcast and yours is like top five most memorable for me because you're at the space that you held as the masculine the container like just even though it was like a a dialogue and it wasn't like Mm. um you know this polarity like romantic relationship or anything even in just a podcast dialogue my feminine felt so safe And so like, so inspired to be radiant. And so just the light that you are in the world and the work that you bring to the world and the invitation that you are to in the world to both feminine and masculine beings is just, it's truly unforgettable. So I'm I'm really grateful to receive that. Wow. Thank you so much. I'm I'm truly humbled, humbled to hear that. Very humbled. Yeah, it's, I mean, your, I mean, that was speaking of the episode, but also your, your Instagram, every single time I see your post come up and I, I mean, all my friends are always sharing it too. So I'm like, <laughs> ding, 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 Lorian's everywhere. <laughs> but every time I see one of your posts, it's so softening to my, to mm-hmm. my spirit. So I'm just so thankful. Yeah. Wow, wow. So, Thank you very much. Yeah. And I know on the um, previous episode, people can check that out if they'd like on the magic hour. I know that we started off with you sharing your story and I don't normally ask people to share it again. However, your story, I remember being very touching. And, and so I'd love for you to just, if you can share like a brief version of it for the newer listeners of this show, that would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, basically to sum my story up, to make it really short and practical for the listeners. Um, my father died very early in my life um, due to colon cancer. And um, when he died, what I experienced, what we now refer to, and what I also teach about, the father wounds, right? And he died when he he got he got diagnosed when I was very young, and then he died while I was holding his arm, and basically that kind of really took the ground from my. um, took the ground from my feet and I never really received that, that safety, right? That safety and security that um, is meant to come from the masculine or from our father figure or our, our, um, yeah, our role model as we're growing up. And 
after his death, I experienced what the very typical um, common signs, right? When a man struggles from the father wound, I'm, I experienced this deep unsafety in my own body. I didn't feel safe and comfortable in my own body. And in order to, in order to escape from that void, in order to escape from that pain, I was looking for that safety in the feminine. And of course, if we're now quickly talking about masculine and feminine polarity, it is the feminine at an archaic or energetic level that is that is yearning for safety from the masculine. But I was I was yearning to find that safety. And of course, what did that create? It created dysfunction and and thereby suffering. Endless suffering in my intimate life, and I was looking for a safety that uh, that that could not be found in the feminine, a safety that can only be found inside my own heart, inside my own body, or in better, maybe better language, in my in my own healing. And um, also, I went into this very, um, you know, um, the, the 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 issue was that. I knew deep down that there was a dysfunction happening. Something is not right, that there is this suffering. But to the outside world, from my peer groups and friends at that time, I would more receive the opposite. I would hear things such as, wow, you're so charming. How can you speak to women in that way? How can this come so easy to you? While deep down, I felt really lonely. I felt this deep void and I felt, wow, I'm getting all this, I'm getting all this approval and validation. So it was a very difficult time to move through because on one hand, I was getting all this approval and validation. And, and people telling me, I want to be like you. I want to have that, that level of charisma and all of that and that level of confidence. While deep down, I, fe- I actually felt, I felt in, to excuse my language, like a piece of shit, really. That's how mm-hmm. I felt. And the more I engaged in this behavior, the more like a piece of shit I felt and the more unworthy actually. And the more I also needed to do it in order to get that boost of confidence. So it's a vicious cycle mm-hmm. that many men mm-hmm. find themselves in. And I believe I, this is how I described it when we had our podcast two years ago. Um, at some point, I just had a like an honest moment with myself that was I was practicing breathwork at that time, releasing trauma. And I had this really honest moment with myself, realizing that I was, first of all, deeply out of integrity. And I could really start to connect for the first time to the pain I was inflicting upon to the world and mm-hmm. specifically the pain I was inflicting upon the feminine with mm-hmm. my behavior, with the projection of my own pain. And yeah, it was, there was a wake up moment there and the realization, I no longer want to be this man and I want to be different. And that's where it all started, the whole process of me healing my father wounds and me learning how to create safety in my own body and yeah embodying i i don't i'm not a huge fan of terminology in that sense embodying awakened masculinity what does that really mean right people have to feel that like you mentioned before mm-hmm. it's really that's what it's about because we can say all kinds of things but that's where the journey really started and also where um I said short, right? Short stories. <laughs> okay. short what I'm explaining right now but to sum it up that was them that was then the moment where I started to see the feminine in a, in a very different way. And I had a lot of awakenings and I could somehow, it was from one extreme to the other, one extreme being completely disconnected from the pain and collective trauma that the feminine generational trauma that the feminine has gone through and is still going through. And suddenly I could feel it so deeply. And Mm -hmm. that started to create so many shifts in my life and gave me that incredible drive to be a man of not only of integrity but to also also create safety for the feminine in all shapes and forms yeah so beautiful and man um it's so interesting because i had tried to 
work with my father wound for so long. I'm turning 38 this week. Mm. I tried to work with my father wound for so long and it's like nothing was coming up. No emotion, no emotion. Mm. And then this year I finally had a breakthrough, um, through doing some, uh, like parts work and, uh, like internal family systems work and, and, uh, family dynamic work. And, and what I really realized that came up with my father wound was, a provision wound because my father never, never provided. And, and, uh, I realized that through my recent uncoupling is like, that was my, my recent uncoupling was with a man who was the first man that ever provided for me. And so even though there were other parts missing, I was, I was like, I cut my claws in because it was like, so, um, it was, it was like, so connected to my father wound of that provision wound. And, and so there's so much there that I'm just now unraveling and it, and it feels like this next year is going to be a big healing journey specifically around provision for myself. Um, and I'm curious because I know you spoke a lot about the father wound, but you have a mother wound, um, workshop coming up and your post on the mother wound on Instagram got so much attention. So I'm sure people are really resonating with that message because you, you hear all the time, daddy issues, daddy issues. You never really hear much about mommy, you know? And, and I, so I'd love for you to talk to us about the mother wound and how it shows up in our lives, maybe differently for men and women. I know one thing that you posted was that, and this so resonated for me was that if the relationship to your mother has been emotionally wounded, then there is a high chance that you easily settle for partners who don't choose you fully. And I have never chosen a partner who has chosen me fully. And mm. so I know, I know there's, there's a lot there. So. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for your vulnerability and expressing that. And yeah, I mean, I just talked about the father wound, right. And, um, you see, when it comes to the mother wounds, I like to say, of course, you can heal both wounds. But I, what I like to say is the father wound is, is all about creating safety inside ourselves, right? And that is something, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's something that we can learn if we are consistent, if we practice. Mm-hmm. The mother wound, from, 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 <laughs> from my experience working with countless people all over the world, and specifically talking about men here, um, the mother wound cuts even a level deeper. It's, it's, it's almost like it's that fundamental level. It's that level of, you know, um, because creating safety in our body, yeah, we can train that, right? We can do practices and, and it takes time and it's challenging and all of that, but eventually it will work. But, but, but healing the belief, which most often comes from the mother wounds, um, that we are unworthy of love, right? And it's not just that we're, that we feel like we're unworthy of love. It is that we associate love at a subconscious level with something that love not really is, or, um, we, we associate love, for instance, with, like you mentioned, someone not fully choosing us and, um, not to go, I mean, there's, this is so incredibly deep and I will go in really ultra is. depth in the mother wound workshop, but just to give some, some nuggets here in the podcast, um, as, as for every listener here, man or woman, right. And then I will give practical examples. I know you asked that, but, um, as children, 
um, you often hear that, right? We make everything about ourselves. As children, we are not able to understand, okay, our mother, for instance, is showing up a specific way or our mother is not giving us love because she's in her own trauma, right? And she's working mm -hmm. for her own wounds. We interpret things about ourselves. So there is always a meaning of my mother is not giving me attention. This means I'm not good enough, right? We internalize that. And, mm -hmm. and this then stays with us. And even when you, when, for instance, I work with adults, men or women, right? And if you would tell them on a concept, you can tell them on a conceptual level, but you are worthy of love. And, and this is real love. But of course, that's not where the healing happens because at this point, this has been, has been, has been deeply ingrained into the subconscious. And now you can speak to the conscious mind of someone and say, but you are worthy of love. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, but I'm worthy of love, but the subconscious mm -hmm. still believes that and still mm -hmm. associates things with love. For instance, like someone not fully choosing you because yeah. that resembles what was happening with the mother. And yeah. uh, practical example, how it shows up. Um, there are infinite ways it can show up. Uh, one very common one, like the post you mentioned with men, mm -hmm. is that kind of addiction to the chase, yeah. looking for the love that was mm -hmm. never received from the mother mm -hmm. in the feminine right? And never being able to find it because of course the love we receive from our intimate partner is a very different, has a very different energetic quality and then the love we receive from our own mother. Mm -hmm. And it's something we can never find. So even for a brief moment, men who struggle with the mother wound and who are chasing endlessly, they might have the feeling, wow, I'm getting all this love fuck now finally i'm getting that which i've been always looking for subconsciously but it's it's only for a short period because mm -hmm. um of course you you can receive um you you can receive immense deep love in a relationship but it's not the same like unconditional love from a mother right that would yeah. be dysfunctional mm -hmm. and the way it shows up for women very often is that energy of playing small because mm -hmm. um happened in, in women's lives is that their mother um, when they were when they were expressing their radiance like you mentioned before their light um the mother wanted to shut that down that triggered the mother because mm -hmm. it, it it exposed that part within herself that she never allowed to shine that radiance mm -hmm. she never allowed to express herself mm -hmm. but then again this can also go the total other way that for instance men are not in the chase, but they, they become totally mommy's boys and they, they lack backbone and strength and masculine energy in a relationship. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways this can show up, but these are very common examples. Yeah. 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 So, um, I guess with the, with the awareness, if someone is hearing this and they're like, ah, me or my partner have mother wounds, what, uh, what would you say is like one of the first steps for healing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, one of the, or perhaps the most important step, because at the core of the mother wound tends to be very, or at the core, almost always actually, even though if we're, we're not connected to it, is some form of belief that, for instance, I'm not worthy of love. That might mm -hmm. sound different for every individual. I'm not good enough. I'm not this mm -hmm. enough. But it's very, very, very similar at the core, right? It has a very similar, similar meaning. And, and similar experience of suffering for each individual. And we need to look at how this belief shows up in our life. And an example might be, right, choosing partners 
who who don't fully choose us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Settling for partners who don't fully choose us. Or it might be every time it gets deep in a relationship, um, one partner pulls away because yes. that belief comes up, oh, I'm not worthy of that, mm-hmm. right? And the person doesn't know consciously what is going on and suddenly just goes in this energy of anxiety, heightened anxiety, wants to run away or finds excuses why it's not the right relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's just very important to untangle and look at, okay, how is that belief showing up in my life? Mm-hmm. Where and, and, and once we become aware of that, we can then actually um, create a different reality for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, right? It's not that simple. And in the Mother Wound Workshop, I will go more in depth in this. It needs practice, embodiment practice, et cetera. But talking about in a very simplistic way, once we are aware of how this belief I'm not good enough, whether you're in a relationship and every time it goes deep, you 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 run away or 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 you kind of shut down or or you are true or you're settling for someone who doesn't fully choose you or or the relationship with with your mother that is somehow gets in the way between you and the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if it could be anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um once you are aware of that, you can consciously create a different reality. An example I like to give is just a few um, weeks ago, I had that belief. I had an amazing weekend with my fiance Liliana and we had such a deeply connected weekend, so much love. And then on Monday, she told me in the evening how safe she feels with me and how, how, um, how grateful she is for our relationship. And, and I, and I heard that voice inside my head, oh, you're not worthy of this. Right. Mm. And if, if I would do my own practice and know what this is, be able to identify this, I would have most likely in that moment shut down, pushed mm. her away in, in some shape or form, even just by shutting down. Right. And that already creates that subtle dynamic of her then would, would feel rejected. Right. And, and that, that creates then further um, disconnect and the erosion of intimacy and polarity, if that yeah. answers your question. Yeah, it does. So I want to get into the polarity a little bit too. So you mentioned that the common dynamics that you see is a woman exposing the shadow and a man feeling threatened by that and shutting her down. So you posted the nature of the feminine is to expose the shadow, her comments, her energy, her mere beingness is often perceived as a threat to the masculine shadow. I know we need to specify that we are speaking of the awakened feminine here, one that has the best intentions and cares for your awakening. I'd love to discuss this dynamic with you though, and what we as women can do with the pain of feeling like the enemy, and then also ways for men to open their hearts to this liberation. Um, I know another thing that you posted was like that the, the awakened feminine can be seen as the gatekeeper of the sacred when her voice and her heart is free and heard, it becomes impossible for the shadow to get stronger. So, um, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. And it's what I desire in a conscious relationship, but so often we do feel like the enemy. So, yeah, so I'd love to hear about this. Well, so first of all, thank you very much for that discernment when you said, what is the awakened feminine? Because that's so important, right? Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about the best intentions, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, perhaps one of my most all-time favorite topics to go into because so often our understanding of the feminine is this all softness and, and, and nurturing energy. And of course, the feminine has these qualities of immense softness innocence Mm -hmm. and 
nurturing, nurturing love, right? Mm -hmm. Soothing, there's a soothing love in that sense. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, part of the feminine, and the way I like to describe this is, and this might sound quite shocking when people listen to this at first, is that the feminine basically keeps the masculine shadow in check. Mm-hmm. And what I mean with that is that for the last decades, for a long time now, the masculine shadow was able to rise incredibly. And why was that? Because the feminine was suppressed at a collective level. Now, what was does suppression ultimately mean? It means she's being stripped away from her voice, from mm-hmm. the medicine her heart offers. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very simple for the masculine shadow to rise. You have to suppress the feminine. Almost mm-hmm. all big religions have suppressed the feminine and it is still showing up in today's world. Look at what's happening in Iran and look at yeah. what's happening in other places in the world where, I mean, and, and that is still showing up. And this is how the masculine shadow was basically able to rise. Now mm-hmm. to use a pretty practical example, men who are creating deep, significant, powerful change in the world and who also don't lose themselves when they become very successful or when they become have a lot of people who admire them, aspire to be like them. These men who continue to be in service and leave a truly legacy of love and, and consciousness in this world, what they all tend to have, have next to them is, a, is an awakened woman or I call it the, the awakened oracle. If you mm-hmm. don't, if people don't resonate with the word oracle, just let's call it the medicine of her heart or the awakened feminine heart. That's a way to describe it as well. And almost all or so many of these men, I'm, I'm, right? They have this powerful woman by their sides. And, and it's like, it's like, because it's so easy for the masculine, let's say, let's give the example of um, a man is, at, is on stage and he's speaking to thousands of people and everyone comes to him afterwards and tells him how amazing he is and all of that. It's so easy for that shadow to sneak in and goes like, oh, I'm so special. I'm, I'm beyond or something along those lines. And we see this in spiritual teachers who have done amazing work in the world. And then you hear these stories of them completely losing themselves, like, right, and, and suddenly sleeping with their female students and calling it connecting with the divine feminine, which ultimately is highly traumatizing and the exact opposite, the exact opposite of what they were intending to bring to the world. I know I'm going into many topics here, but Mm -hmm. the feminine keeps the masculine shadow in check because the feminine has this incredible ability to not just expose, but to see when the masculine shadow is rising. Mm -hmm. Every woman who's doing the work, who's Mm -hmm. working on um, radiating her feminine essence or embodying her feminine core, or um, even if she doesn't have a feminine core, opening her heart, whatever, doing the deep work in any shape or form, you will naturally be able to feel when the shadow or the ego, you can also call it, is alive in the masculine. And there will be these impulses born through you in how you expose that. I Mm -hmm. refer to this as feminine testing. Some people don't like the word feminine testing because we're not talking about shit testing or some weird manipulative tactics. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, what we're talking about is inviting the masculine and ultimately the relationship to a higher level of consciousness. 
right? Yeah. Not just the masculine, but the relationship ultimately, right? Because mm-hmm. it benefits both the dance of polarity always. Mm-hmm. And, and and you as the feminine, you you naturally feel and sense that, and and through your oracle or through your ha- awakened heart, and um, these impulses will be born where you expose that. For instance, you say something in a specific way, and it triggers him, or you make him aware of something, or your energy starts to feel more contracted. You start to feel more unsafe. Basically, showing him through your body, through your voice, or any other way, through your energy, even, and um, showing him that his shadow is active and, yeah. and and this and this keeps the masculine shadow in check because mm-hmm. who else is keeping it in check otherwise right it's so because people who put let's say a man who is doing deep change in the world he can be very easily put on a pedestal and people are like wow you're so perfect you're so this you're so that and it's like oh yeah yeah cool it's amazing but you, st- you gotta, ha- you have to stay grounded. You have to stay mm-hmm. humble because ultimately that's, that's the work of spirits. That is not your personality and you being special, but I know I'm, I'm so passionate about this. I'm going in so yeah. many topics. So no, many I, topics. I can feel that. Yeah. Well, and I think about too, like you said that a big part of our current paradigm and I feel it from you, like I mentioned before, is that the sacred masculine will create spaces and structures so the feminine can connect with her divine essence once again and give birth medicine that you're speaking of, but that the medicine also that this world so desperately needs. And I literally salivated at your post that said Mm -hmm. her entire being opens to source and he is the structure that allows source to flow freely and through their union the entire world and collective starts to heal like i have goosebumps just that sentence through their union the entire world and collective starts to heal it's so to me feels so much like yeshua and mary magdalene Mm. and so so but i want to hear pragmatically what does this actually look like and how can men be more of a safe spiritual container for the feminine to experience this flow of source yeah first of all again i want to say too like it's something you so embody that like when I say that I crave that from a masculine, I can't even put into words because it's not something I can be like, well, you need to do step one, step two, step three. It's just like something that has to be embodied. So it's like a very <laughs> hard question to answer, I get, but. Yeah, yeah, no, but these are very, very powerful question. I'm sure this will yeah. serve the listeners really deeply. Um, I like to say one of the, um, one of my teachings that, well, one of the teachings that, that, that has flown through me, that um, that has come through me, is that the feminine is is the vision. The feminine oracle or the feminine heart is connected to the deepest vision of what's possible um, in a relationship, in a union, right? And the masculine um, puts this vision into action, creates the structure, and and through. Um, moving into conscious and and powerful and aligned, heart aligned um, action makes this vision um, a reality. And this ultimately at the deepest level resembles the dance of intimacy. It is the feminine that, um, like I mentioned before, tests the masculine or invites him to higher states of consciousness because I like to say inside a woman's heart is rooted her oracle. And her oracle is the embodied intelligence 
of universal intelligence or call it highest intelligence, call it universe, call it God, whatever people refer to it, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But every woman deep within her, and the more she does the work and the more embodied she becomes, the more she can sense this. Um, the, 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 the more she, she's naturally quite, in, right? You read the text and you could feel it, but it's difficult to put words to it, yeah. right? Your oracle could can connect to that, but it's very difficult to explain that exactly mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. And it's through the... Um, through the feminine testing the masculine, inviting him to higher states of consciousness can show up in so many ways, like I mentioned before. And then the masculine in that moment, like you said, um, bringing a safe container. Um, for instance, the, the, the reason why it's not easy to answer these questions is because it's so subtly nuanced. Mm. Because if I now say, well, listen, every man just, uh, you know, just hold space for her, and just tell her, or, or just say to her, just just say that you understand. For instance, if now every time the feminine tests the masculine, and the masculine says, I hear you, baby. Thank you for telling me that. Um, thank you for showing that to me. If, if the masculine would always respond in that way, then he mm-hmm. would become more of a, uh, he would embody at some point more of a passivity, of a pleaser mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. With, with every time the feminine invites the masculine, um, or the relationship to a higher state of consciousness, she's asking for something different. So basically what I'm saying here is to just say, this is what the masculine needs to do to create safety is Mm -hmm. wrong. That is binary and it's not true. It might be true in Mm -hmm. certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. In other circumstances, it might not be the case. Let me give an example for the listeners. There might be the feminine, for instance, might come to the masculine. I'm using heterosexual language here, but we all have masculine, feminine energy within us, just yeah. to sim- for simplicity of examples here. Mm-hmm. But let's say a, a woman goes to her man in her relationship, and she and she expresses about something that upsets her, right? And she expresses to him, "Yeah, this thing happened, and it really hurts," and and she just wants to express that to him. And in that moment, all her heart is yearning for is for him to hold space. Right. Mm-hmm. And he holds space and he says, I hear you. I understand that this might be challenging for you. Not from a place of uh, just doing this in order to get something, but from a heartfelt place that because that's what he's feeling, not just mm-hmm. saying it for whatever, you know, just because it's, mm-hmm. it's good to say it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she'll feel that. But in other, in other scenarios, she might test the masculine and what she in those moments yearns for is not for him to just hold space. What she yearns for is to feel his boundaries, to feel his truth, to feel his core values, to feel um, his his ability to not to, to protect his truth in those moments. This is also a way that the feminine, so to speak, tests or invites the masculine to higher mm-hmm. levels of consciousness. It is. Mm-hmm. It can even be through kind of... Um, not poking him in a in a rude way or disrespectful way that wouldn't be the expression of the awakened feminine but mm-hmm. it can be an energy of of poking him to a certain degree teasing him and then he what she yearns for and what will create safety in that moment is for him to express his boundaries very powerfully and very clearly so as mm-hmm. everyone can hear right now it's not as simple as just to xyz it's the practice of in order to get to a higher level of consciousness, you have to do what you most likely have never done before. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be challenged. And that's yeah. that's the whole thing. So, so every time it's different, 
what's needed to be uh, to be done in that moment for safety yeah. to be created. It's no secret that shame-free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called Air. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products. So I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code Jade today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. So maybe you can give an example, like I can use an example from my own life. So for me specifically, I have a deep desire to help heal our sexuality in the world, our, our, dis, our dysfunction there, our disconnection to it, to bring sacredness to it, right? And that puts sexuality at the forefront of my work. But in all of my past partnerships, they all felt that I was breaching the sacredness instead of protecting it because I'm talking about sexuality. Mm. And um, in my next partnership or partnerships, what would you say, how would you say that that dynamic would work out in the, in the structure that you're speaking of? Mm. Ooh, that's a, that's a great question, but <laughs> it's, yeah, I, it's, 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 it's a powerful question. No, no. Mm-hmm. I, I, how can I make maybe this if you could put it like, yeah. like it, maybe you could think of if your partner you know, if, if her work was in a healed sexuality. And so, so much of what her work is though, is she's expressing her sexuality in a sacred way and a, in a um, healed way, because of course there was a time when I was doing it from rebellion. Now it's from reclamation. Um, how, I guess, how, how would you make it to where you could hold a container for that and still feel safe? And, you know, like maybe, maybe that's for the feminine to feel safe for, or for the masculine to feel safe. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess what's really important when we're talking about this very specific context that you're saying right now is for the masculine to um to to work through any, for instance, um 
perhaps fears or, or jealousy, right? Of, 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 mm -hmm. um, right. Because when a woman expresses her sexuality in a, in an empowering, in a freeing way, um, other men might have a mm -hmm. reaction towards that. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. to, to, to create safety and to bring sacredness there is to, is to not allow for the, for the masculine in that moment to, to get hijacked by that, by that jealousy or that sense of, oh, and, and what if, what if other men and what are they thinking? All of that doesn't matter. Right. And it's also, also we're looking here at, 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 at one of the core issues of the masculine of, of control, right? Say, say his woman. Um, and when I say his woman or her man, I'm not referring to owning someone or anything along those lines. It's just an archaic way of, I like to express myself in that way. Um, that's the language that was used. Yeah. That's yeah, the language yeah. that's used by a lot of partners. It's like, I don't want my woman talking about her sexuality. You know, mm -hmm. like that is often yeah. said. Yeah, but why? But why? And, and we need to look at why are they saying that? I don't want my woman to talk about sexuality. Why is that? What does that trigger? Right? What does that trigger? Mm -hmm. And most likely and I triggers... think that's what I deeply crave mm -hmm. is, is like a man mm -hmm. who, who can say, herein lies some inner work for me. You know, cause that yeah. to me provides the ultimate safety as well. And it doesn't mean he won't come back with like, okay, here's my boundary. Here's my truth. But to know that like, there's some inner work for him, but okay, go on. Cause I know you have, yeah. you have some, some gold to say. Yeah. Mm. No, absolutely. And, uh, Often the masculine has a, like a, a, an issue with control often here in the sense of, you know, um, say, say, let's use an example, say, man, woman in a relationship, woman goes to a party or whatever. Let's say it's a conscious party or whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't even have to be conscious. And let's say she's dressed in a somewhat revealing way, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and let's say he starts to experience fear. Or, or something inside him shuts down or he doesn't want her to go or, or some, some way, some, in some way that triggers him. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something very important to look at because what is being triggered inside him there? Mm -hmm. What is being mm -hmm. triggered inside him? Most likely it is some form of fear of not being good enough. Mm. of try, needing to control that relationship, needing to control her expression of her sexual energy for mm -hmm. him to feel a sense of control in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And now when the feminine expresses her sexuality in such an empowering and freeing way, that suddenly triggers that and he feels like, fuck, I'm not in control. I, I can't control her. I can't control the relationship. Control is always an illusion. It doesn't yeah. exist. Love can never be controlled. The more you control it, the more it slips away, the more it disappears. And what you find is fear yeah. and attachment. But yeah, and, and, and for me, it's, um, I used to have, to get vulnerable here, I used to have issues with jealousy. And then mm -hmm. fears of, you know, my woman, she's so beautiful. She's so radiant and, and then, and, and she's so, she's smiling, you know, and she doesn't mm -hmm. mean this in any sexual way whatsoever, but she's just a very, very, she's an incredibly radiant being. And, mm -hmm. and, and there was a part of me that wanted her to be more closed and shut down towards, towards when other men and not smile or whatever. And I'm not so talking mm -hmm. about smiling in a flirt, flirtuous way, mm -hmm. but I'm just talking innocent smile from the feminine right yeah. and there was a part of me that didn't like that I wanted her to be more you know more cold so I would feel more in control and better about myself mm. and one day 
I just sat down with myself and I just visualized other men smiling, her smiling, and I felt that pain. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to feel this pain until it dissolves. Whatever the fuck it takes. I want to have zero reaction mm. to it anymore. And I'm quite a radical person, not this kind of a warriorship practice, right? Spiritual warriorship. I give yeah. this can be a practice for men. And at some point now it's, uh, I would say 99.9% gone. And if it would come mm. up in some way, I can laugh about it. I can tell her, right? I can tell her, oh, you know what? I had this fear coming up, but you know what? Let's just laugh about it and, and let's, let's forget about it. You know? Mm. Yeah. And so it makes me think, cause as someone who is very clear on what I desire in union, and I have a whole journal entry around what I'm available, <laughs> available for in my partnership, I still loved your post about how, when looking for a conscious partner, it's not about finding someone who checks all the boxes, but for someone who humbly faces everything that stands in the way between the relationship and the highest love again and again, as often as necessary. Like my knees literally felt weak reading that. And, and to me, that is the ultimate trust and safety. And it sounds like exactly what you just described mm. is like doing the inner work to really face what's standing in the way of the highest love. And it's, there's a thin line of, of, you know, I guess doing that work and, and self-abandonment, you know? Mm, absolutely. So it's, yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I've worked with women and they would express to me that they met this spiritual seeming guy mm -hmm. and he hurt and he incredibly hurt her. And yeah. it was all just a big facade, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what I'm saying with that is what I also like to say to women when it comes to wanting to attract a conscious partner, don't look for the man who necessarily um, um, speaks a lot about spirituality. Um, look for a man um, or, or call in a man who actually embodies that because there are men who can talk all day about being embodied in spirituality, but at the end of the day, it's just talk. And there are men who have no idea what this is. And if they listen to my work, they're like, yeah, I don't really get this stuff, but they are naturally present. They're naturally grounded. They're naturally embodied. And of course, yeah. you can have both. You can also have men who, 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 who are highly spiritual and who embody that spirituality, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But is we need to give, the focus needs to be on that embodiment, right? Yeah. And embodiment, when someone is embodied, they're humble. They're mm -hmm. present. Mm -hmm. Being embodied means someone is humble. Someone is present. Because to be embodied ultimately means... Um, now to get a very bit spiritual and abstract perhaps here for some listeners, but we could say to him, but to be embodied means to embody your true nature and, and true nature is the sacred is to let spirit flow through you. So yeah. to be truly embodied means you allow something deeper to guide you. You mm -hmm. allow something deeper to express itself through you. And yeah. the natural state to that is humbleness. Because mm -hmm. when I'm on, when I'm on stage talking to a group or when I'm working with a group and these incredible transformations happen, none of these transformations happen because I think I'm such an amazing guy who's now showing everyone um, how powerful I am. But because in this moment I step aside and allow something deeper to guide and that deeper part creates these transformations and that part in relationship is naturally humble and and that part does not say oh i'm so amazing i'm so this that part says okay um 
whatever comes up, whatever wound, I will look within and I will humbly face my shadow and my wounds again and again, because that's embodiment. Yeah. Yeah, And with the embodiment, like I was thinking what came up for me was how like all of the reviews on my websites from clients, not one of them brings up the modalities that I teach or that I've walked through. Every single review from a client is about the deep level of presence of safe space where they were able to bring all of themselves, where all of themselves were welcome. And I think that's the most healing thing is, is yeah, what's embodied, what allows the safety. So yeah, thank you for naming that. And then it's also just when it comes to that healing, it's so interesting because you wrote, you, you've talked about how the deepest healing of our inner child happens in a safe and conscious relationship, right? My previous relationship felt like that container for so many um, inner child woundings, like the provision wound that I, that I spoke of. But another wound that's really big for me is my religious wounding. And that was not one that felt safe in that relationship. Instead, it was more wounded. So what would you say when, when someone is experiencing so much healing in a relationship, but comes to a place where a wound comes up that is perpetuated instead of healed and they're both aware of it, but the partner cannot meet them there because they have kind of a similar wounding, I guess, like, and it becomes, you know, not a healing container. What do you think that like the relationship is just doomed or when, mm. what do you feel? Mm, it, it's, you see, often I, I wouldn't say the relationship is doomed because ultimately every relationship will, no matter how conscious will come to these moments of, I call them imperfection, moments mm-hmm. of tension, moment of disconnect, and also moments of misunderstanding because mm-hmm. um, no matter how conscious and awakened and loving we are, we have, uh, um, we have experienced different traumas. We have been mm-hmm. brought up a different way and we have different cultures. We have different mm-hmm. belief systems of men. These things will collide. These things mm-hmm. will quite naturally collide. And like you said, when someone's partner's wounds triggers their own wounds, it becomes very difficult to hold space for them because mm-hmm. it's hard to hold space for someone for something that you can't hold space within yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Something that hijacks and overwhelms mm-hmm. you. How can you hold space and give that space to someone if you haven't worked through that yourself? It starts within and then it moves into so within, so without, right? So many people, we've heard that so many times, but it's very true. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to this, right, where both are triggering a certain wound, whether it's both or one of them, um, it's that understanding that this is not necessarily a sign of the relationship not working. This is just one of those moments of can we, despite having a misunderstanding, having a sense of tension, can we still remain open-hearted in that moment? Can we mm-hmm. still trust the deeper love in that mm-hmm. moment? Can we mm-hmm. still create connection and safety in some shape or form, even though there is this form of misunderstanding or, 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 or disconnect? And when both partners are willing to do that, um, willing to go to a place of, okay, I don't need this to be a specific way. Um, Let's embrace that imperfection that is showing up because there is no no relationship is perfect. Then it's absolutely possible quite naturally, both will be able to, to work through this 
so to speak, and give that space to each other that they're yearning for. But of course, if if one gets ultra triggered all the time and it spirals out into the same negativity process and shutdown and all of that, if the moment is it's doomed is when both are no longer willing to remain open, are mm. no longer bringing their love in, are no longer mm. wanting to connect. As long as that is there, you can have all the wounds in the world be activated, all the misunderstandings in the world, and you can work through it. But the moment there is a shutdown at such a fundamental level that Mm -hmm. um, there is something that says, no, I'm not bringing my love anymore. I'm not bringing my open heart anymore here. That's when it goes towards doomed at some point. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. And that goes into the audience question, but I do have one more um, I have one more question before the audience question. And it's, you you had a video go viral about how long before a breakup, a woman usually is trying to communicate the problem to the man. Um, Like still, she's in that open-hearted place that you're speaking of. And she's like, look, here is my pain. Here is my pain. And it's like, he can't hear her. And I don't think it's because he's shut down yet. But you spoke on this being a generational trauma of men. So can you, can you explain what you mean by that? The generational trauma of men can be summed up in three words. It is avoid, deflect, and defend. And Mm -hmm. what is being avoided, what is being deflected or defended, which are all three coping mechanisms in order to not feel like a failure, in order to not feel not man enough, not good enough, the core wound of unworthiness that shows up for men all over the world. Um, And as you can see, most men are still looking for that sense of worthiness in their achievements, right? And so what happens is often one of the most common masculine feminine polarity that leads to relationship breakups is that the feminine, for instance, expresses upset or expresses that something is not going the way she wants or is not safe for her in the relationship, which actually is an invitation for growth, which is an invitation to take that relationship to the next level, right? The dance of polarity. She sees the highest vision of the relationship. He takes action that creates safety for both and propels the relationship to a higher level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. But now he gets that feedback from her in some shape or form that something is unsafe, something is not working, and he avoids it, defends or tries to deflect and makes it about her. This is an unconscious process because there is a part within the little boy within him is triggered and feels, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not Mm -hmm. getting this relationship right. I'm not good enough. I'm doing a mistake instead of seeing it as an opportunity for growth. And now the masculine, if he's unconscious, he identifies fully with that. He will now avoid all the time, avoid, avoid, avoid until one day the feminine says, okay, now that's it for me. And, Mm -hmm. And generally the feminine in relationship When a woman loves a man, she has a very big threshold, right? I like to say that often that's the case, right? Not for every woman, obviously. But it's like he can make mistakes. I'm not talking about cheating or something, but he Mm -hmm. can make mistakes or create unsafety in some moments. And and, and she will be like, okay, yeah, but but I love him. And and let's see. And as long as there is a willingness to grow and to heal, I have all the patience in the world. But then at some point, it's like these micro moments or these moments of avoidance again, 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 and again, creating unsafety, unsafety, unsafety. And there is like this breaking of trust. There is this moment of boom, something changes inside her. And suddenly Mm -hmm. she 
she can no longer fully open to her. I'm sure so many mm-hmm. female listeners have experienced wow. this. I can pinpoint it in every relationship. That and he's like, boom, yeah. that's it. I cannot trust this man anymore. And even if he does a 360 degree shift, potentially you can work through it, but it's going to be very difficult because now it feels like going against your own nature, against, mm-hmm. against your own heart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to keep going in that relationship. So, um, yeah. And in this moment, all that's needed from the masculine is to just not see this as a sign of failure, but to see this as an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to step up, to heal, to bring more consciousness, more presence, more depth in the relationship. And that's really all that is. She's giving feedback, so to speak. She's inviting the masculine and the relationship to a high level of consciousness. And, but if you filter that as the, as a man through your own wounding, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I fucked up. She's upset because I'm not good enough. And now I'm trying to avoid or, or defend myself. Then ultimately mm-hmm. you're going to lose the relationship at some point. Yeah. And it reminds me of another favorite quote of yours. I know I've said them a lot. Uh, An awakened man knows deep within that the feminine is meant to become his muse, his muse to move mountains and serve the world to the fullest. Her feminine essence activates a sacred leadership within him, a desire to go out into the world and to claim his kingdom guided by a flame inside his heart lit by her radiance. And that's just an invitation for men to see the feminine as his muse to like claim his kingdom and for women to shine their radiance. That was something huge. Uh, My big work in this past year, even through the uncoupling was to continue to shine my radiance because if I'm not shining my radiance, it's, it's not an invitation into greatness and, and, Mm. and to feel like even if it's not accepted or invited, if I'm to dim it, then I'm doing no one any good service, not me, not him. And so, yeah, just, it's such a deep invitation. So I'm so thankful for you. So the audience question that we'll um, end with before the lightning round is what are some misconceptions about getting into a healthy relationship? And she really resonated with your post about how there's a mourning that takes place once you get in the conscious relationship. Mm. Wow. Misconception number one is Mm -hmm. that we have this kind of Hollywood conditioned mindset that when we find the conscious partner or something, Mm -hmm. from that moment, somehow all our fears will be gone and there will be this sense of, wow, that's the person for the rest of my life. And from that moment, there is only bliss and joy, but it's Mm -hmm. quite the opposite Because Mm -hmm. when we attract a conscious partner, it might trigger all kinds of fears. It might trigger the fear of commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very common in today's world. Um, There might be a part of you that tries to find all kinds of excuses why this is not the right relationship or that quite naturally looks for red flags. And if you look for red flags, you will find the red flags because Mm -hmm. everyone has red flags. Everyone has his own wounding, her own wounding. And you will find it. If that's all you focus on, you will find all the faults in a partner. So Mm -hmm. we need to be very aware of these processes. What are these processes ultimately? They are very similar to what we described at the beginning. It's that sense of, for instance, I am not worthy of love. And that belief will show up when you attract a conscious partner and it might hijack you and it might tell you, oh, it's not the right person because there are all these thoughts. It's not this, it's not that. Another thing is 
when you attract a conscious partner, in order to experience the intimacy you want, you first have to go for a certain period of shadow work. That is mm. just the way this kind of profound union and love works. I don't know exactly why that is the case, but it's you can see it this way when there is this deep energy of profound love, it's almost like what first happens is a sense of purging. Everything that interferes with that love, everything that is not in service to the deepening and to the sacredness of that love now comes to the surface. All these wounds, all these fears, all these anxieties. And then a lot of people confuse that and say, oh, wow, that means he's not the right person. She's not the right person. I shouldn't feel fear. I shouldn't feel anxiety. Who says how you should feel? That's a Hollywood conditioned mindset. Or maybe your friends give you idiot compassion. Idiot mm -hmm. compassion in coaching is called um, when you work with a powerful coach um, and you express a challenge, they're not going to say, oh, and you express a challenge in your life. They're not going to say, oh yeah, it's all their fault and you're the best. But if you go to your friends, they might say, oh, it's all their fault. It's their pet and it's nothing to do with you. That's, that's, yeah. that's idiot compassion. That's most often not true. You've got a say in it most likely, and there are your own patterns. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's the same here. And um, it's just so important to understand that you will go potentially through a period of heightened anxiety, heightened mm -hmm. fear, because all of that mm -hmm. is coming to the surface. And number three misconception, we need to train our nervous system and heart and body to actually ground ourselves and be able to receive deep intimacy because mo this is the most important thing because most of us have never experienced deep and safe intimacy on a sustained basis in our lives most of us experience suffering drama pain and perhaps for short moments but then there was confusion rejection so now we need to train our nerve because that's unfamiliar to our nervous system that's unfamiliar mm -hmm. to our body and perhaps that's the biggest misconception that it will feel familiar to you no mm -hmm. genuine deep and safe love might feel like a threat to your nervous system it might feel like the most unfamiliar thing in the world because you, you have always experienced love disguised mm -hmm. as fear disguised mm -hmm. as trauma mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. I think a big part of the work in calling in that partner, it, then the big part of the work shows up in like allowing yourself to receive it, like you said. And I think too, the the, the idiot compassion that you spoke of, um, you know, I wouldn't call any of my girlfriends idiots, of course, but they, they love me and they're just, you know, they, they want what's best for me and they come from a good place. But it's so true that like, you know, most times when I go to my girlfriend and I'm like, this is happening in the relationship, they're like, I do exactly what you said, because they're like team Jade, you know? And I think it's so important to have a conscious, actual men's group or women's group that is like, yeah. it is a set container to hold you accountable because it is different in the, in the women's group when I share things and they do tell me where my work is and that feels really important. Um, and I think in order to thrive in a relationship, it's, it's, it's so deeply needed that we have that circle to mirror back to us because oftentimes too, what I found is that 
I can tell a man something and he may not receive it, but then he goes into his men's group and weeks later it comes up in there too. And it's like, ah, you know, and, and it's received yes. differently. So I think it's, it's just so Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm just going to host my, um, uh, my next men's group is in January, the Awaken Masculine program. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. transformations that happen in these containers is at a whole, whole other level. And of course, it's yeah. the opposite of idiot compassion. We are, I'm, these men are challenged in a, mm -hmm. in a loving and compassionate way about in order challenged, right? There is spiritual warriorship in order to rise into their true power. And yeah. yeah. There's a few short questions we like to ask everyone who comes on the show. The first one is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? I would say that um, you will experience a reality in life that is even beyond your wildest imaginations. So don't worry. It's all going to be fine and even much more than fine. Mm, beautiful. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? <laughs> mm. it's a, the first instinct, instinctual response inside me is to is 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 one of the the, the book I've written. Understand understand women better. There yeah. will be further other books, so potentially I will say something different. But um, if I if I if not talking about my own book. The book I would actually say is um, talking about a whole different topic is is one of Eckhart Tolle's book, either New Earth mm -hmm. or The Power yeah. of Now, because yeah. the quintessence of that book is that you are not the voice in your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the key spiritual teachings, because if people don't understand that, then their life is going to be a lot of suffering. There's going to be yeah. a lot of suffering. Yeah, I highly recommend your book. And then A New Earth is like the first book that I read that started my awakening. So highly recommend that as well. Okay. Yeah. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? <laughs> oh, I love these questions. Um, <laughs> if I could whisper one, one, one phrase. Ooh. Yeah, this is what's coming through me for now for some reason. It is to... Trust your own path and to mm -hmm. not look, to be inspired by other people's path, but to not dig too much into that and mm -hmm. to really trust the unfolding of your own path because yeah. that's where your focus and presence should be. Really beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so where can people find you online? Where can they sign up for your your uh, Healing the Mother Wounds course? Where they where can they sign up for your men's program? All yeah. the yeah, so basically the easiest way to find everything is just on lorinkren.com. Mm -hmm. We've got the Awakened Masculine program there. We've got upcoming trainings. There's also an Awakened Feminine program um, happening in, in end of February. So we've got the programs there. We've got the Healing the Mother one. So for women, I would, for women and men, I would recommend my upcoming workshop or workshop recordings. My upcoming workshop is the Healing the Mother Wound. For both women and men, we go into this, I go into the subtle differences, how it shows up for both and how it relates to masculine feminine polarity. And of course, how you can heal it for deep embodiment practices and other processes. Mm -hmm. And then for men, I would recommend to, if they, you want to take it even deeper, um, the Awakened Masculine program. That's like an eight-week container that really initiates you into um, embodying your Awakened Masculine core, experiencing freedom in your intimate life, living your mission boldly, confidently. That which 
I wish I would have had when I first started my mm -hmm. journey because they would have catapulted me unbelievably. But it is what it is, right? I had to experience that lack to create it. Mm -hmm. And for women to go deeper, the Awaken Feminine program, because that's all about the new paradigm, the paradigm of the feminine, which we now find ourselves in healing the ancestral trauma and moving into that feminine radiance. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing, the light that you are. I can't even imagine how many partnerships it has transformed, how many children's lives it has touched mm. because of the work that their father is doing, thankfully, to your work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, you guys. I hope you felt what I spoke of in the intro of just the man that he is and the space that he provides for the feminine to, to flow, because I, I, I just feel that in his presence, even though we're in different countries speaking on zoom, it, it's still, I could just feel that so deeply in his embodiment. So check out his courses, follow him on Instagram. I think it's just Lorraine Crin on Instagram, but every single post that he does it, it really causes like a physical reaction in my body because it just resonates so deeply. So check it out. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm going to thank the affiliates really core, uh, really quick. Like I said, in the top of the show, Layla Martin's course, the Vita program is in the show notes. It's a year long container for women, but it is the most transformational thing I have ever done in my life. And I will get a little cut. If you use my affiliate link, it would mean so much. You could also reach out to me with any questions that you have. I also love the Gene Keys course, which is also a link right, um, right in the show notes as well. The Gene Keys, they've got different little like mini courses on love, on prosperity, on dream work. And uh, that link will also be my affiliate link that will give me a little small cut if you sign up for anything. And then actual products. So the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Like I said, I'm in noisy LA right now. I have brought the suction toy that they have. 15% off gets you a discount with code Jade. And uh, that suction toy is called the Air, A-E-R. The other tool that I packed and brought with me is the pleasure wand, the cervical wand from wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Uh, like I mentioned, I brought their cervical wand, but in my women's course, I teach how to use it for cervical de-armoring. I also teach how to use the Yoni egg for all types of things. You can use code Jade for a discount there as well. And then lastly, higher dose infrared products. I did bring my higher dose infrared mask. I wish that I could bring my, my uh, bioenergy mat because man, that does wonders for me, but you can get $75 off any of their products using code jade 75 thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me it would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend you can also join me on instagram at untamed and unashamed podcast as always be a light stay open and remember you belong here
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 